if the leaf falls, the leaf turns into mulch, which helps the ground. If the fruit falls to the ground and you didn't eat it, it feeds the animals around you. It feeds everything, feeds on itself and grows authentically. Well, you can do that in business as well. You can have a business that benefits you, that benefits your client, that benefits your vendors, that benefits everyone in that thrivable way so that everything you do helps all boats rise. Everybody wins, everybody's successful. And when I think about how to design something, I go the extra length to say, how can I make money over here? But how can they make money over here? How can they make money in the middle? How can they stabilize what they're doing? It's the whole length of the way that I look at how to have everybody benefit that creates thrivability. If you help people thrive, you're going to be more credible in their eyes. You're going to be a, a, a welcome. Zig Ziglar. Oh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to call this uh, Vicky's uh, theory of thrivability. And mm -hmm. I love it. And one of the things you, you were talking about, if you aren't watching this on the live stream, you couldn't see Vicky drawing out a line with her fingers. I'm going to take issue with that line because everything you're talking about is secular or circular. It is. It's, it's, it's cyclical. It, is, it can be cyclical, but in the process of the thinking about it, when you get an idea in your head, most people get an idea in their head and they go, listen, I have an idea for a business. What do you think? So what I do is I even evaluate the idea by myself first, and I'll take it to some professionals and say, this is what I'm hoping to do. But when I put my think tank together, when I'm presenting it to my business partners, when I'm presenting it to my mentors, we are pulling it apart and saying, this is where you're going to benefit. This is where they're going to benefit. This is how they're going to benefit. And I don't mean just in a way, like if we take on a client over here and we teach them how to do the business and set up a business or an online business, we're going to show them exactly how to make money with their business as well. We're not just going to say, this is how you learn to make an email list. Good luck. You know, we actually want to completely take them through the process over the finish line so that everybody, everybody wins. And I really believe that that kind of concept in business is what creates strong companies. And you can see like Amazon is a, how can everybody win? How can we make things less expensive? How can we bring more people on to the Amazon platform and have them have their own home business? How can we, it's the thinking thought that creates the thrivable business. And I think that's the future, actually. I really believe thrivability is the future. So if I get this correctly, thrivability, your definition of it, includes sustainability. It includes mm -hmm. scalability. It yep. includes provable success in the form of mm -hmm. engagement, sales, whatever. And when you it's are regenerative dealing, as well, uh, yeah, regenerative. That's yeah, that's a, mm -hmm. that's a great word to add to it. And I think that's key because I know we talked about this on your podcast. There are a lot of guru wannabe just this side of snake oil salesmen, and some of them, yeah. frankly, are selling snake oil. Oh yeah, and mm -hmm. they want to sell you three pounds of SEO today <laughs> that'll turn you into a six-figure, you know, person within three In weeks, twenty-four hours. Yeah, yeah exactly, I get that, yeah. and. I think that uh, people who are old enough to have been around this, the block on this mm -hmm. 
third rock from the sun long enough mm-hmm. have grown tired and, a, and wary of that stuff a long time ago. But there's an entire couple generations below us that are totally buying into the, oh, I need to be an influencer like someone who's like a oh, Kardashian, yeah. like your favorite it's flavor of totally Kardashian. Totally true, yeah. And they are seeing the wrong side of personal branding when it comes to Absolutely. building their brand. Yes, because personal branding, personal branding, I believe, is built over time. Part of your reputation is your personal brand. Part of, you know, it's like if you are trying to write your first book and you say, well, will you co-write a book with me? You're probably going to get a lot of no's. I don't have time. But 40 books later, if you say, hey, are you interested in writing a book with me? You've already proven yourself. It's that later, the compounding that happens with personal branding when it's done correctly, it may be front-end loaded, but it is back-end profitable, it's back-end influence, and that's the thing you want to protect the most is your reputation. Who are you as an influencer? What do you stand for? What are your values? And those are the things that have to stand the test of time. Oh, man, I love that. I love that whole idea that you just laid out there about it. The things that are hard to do, that are front-end loaded, that require a lot of blood, sweat, and tears early on, they yeah. have tremendous long-tail back-end benefits. Absolutely. But, but a lot of people don't see that. They don't want that. The fact is, and you probably know this figure as well as I do, people start podcasts and most of them stop before yeah, they hit like seven episodes. Twelve. Yeah. Yeah. Seven so or twelve. Like there's a, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah and, that's well, that the consistency is important. That's part of your brand. Yeah, you and, and you certainly know that. I mean, you've got a lot of podcast presence. Here's the funny thing. Okay, I, I just want to set this up so that listeners know why I'm so kind of in awe of what you're doing. Because she has chosen to live the life she wants to live where she wants to live it. And you did it long before the kind of van lifers, yeah. long before the mm-hmm. sailing la vagabond yep. people that, uh, you know, the, the 20 year old vagabond. Oh, <laughs> now I, we have something in common. I love them. Oh, I do too. And the funny yeah. thing is they're showing people a life and lifestyle that's totally based on who they are, what they do and how they do it. And they're yep. sharing everything and yet not. I mean, I I know the fact that they were stuck in Australia with COVID and they're building a boat in Vietnam and they're having trouble Mm -hmm. getting that, blah, blah. I know all this stuff, but I don't know everything. I I feel like I know them like friends. Yeah, that's the beauty of that, isn't it? Yeah, well, but there's still control. And to me, that kind of transparency is part of personal branding, that being transparent. We talked about that on my podcast as well. You made reference to... Uh, Pat Lynn on the Passive Income, his podcast, which is really about that kind of thriveability through transparency. That is a beautiful gateway. Yeah. But again, and one of the things I think we talked about on your podcast was, but you've got to be selective in just how authentic you are. Because yes. again, you don't know my favorite sports teams or the fact that I don't have any. Well, I'm pretty open about that. I don't follow sports. But if I were to That's talk good. to you, yeah, if I if I was to talk to you about my favorite bands or music styles and stuff like that, that would be great if it were in my kind of personal brand wheelhouse. If I had a blog that was more about music and performance and maybe guitars and stuff like that, 
I could go into tons of detail about that. And I can even yeah. point to people I follow specifically because they are doing such a great job authentically sharing who they are, their musical tastes, why they play this guitar, why this amp, why this new guitar pedal. And they'll go into great detail about it. And yet I don't know where they live. I don't know how they vote. That's right. I That's don't right. know if they have dogs or cats. I, it doesn't matter because to me, I'm getting what I feel like is 100% authenticity from them, but in a narrow slice of their life or a relatively narrow slice That's of their so life. That's so important. That's so important. You know, what's interesting about what you're saying that I think is very important is because there's a difference between being authentic and oversharing. Amen. And so when you're talking on your podcast and maybe you're talking about music and I have a feeling we'd have a lot in common, but let's say we're talking about music and we're talking about the cars and this and that and the other. Well, we don't actually need you to be so transparent that you're telling us about your divorce over here or airing out dirty laundry that may not be there. Transparency and authenticity does have some, uh, I don't want to say professionalism, but that's a word that most usually has in there as we do that. When you're talking about things in that area, the object for the audience or what you're doing or how you're talking about your personal brand doesn't mean that you have to uncover everything. But I do know that when I am sharing a story that's personal to me, I definitely want to be open warts and all like, here's the mistake I made when I did this business. I didn't make it over here. Here's where I was really successful. I did this and it worked for me or I did this, but it's not available anymore because we're now online or we have this technology that does it. Any of those things you want to be open about true. And I think there's a level of respect, dignity and decorum that people can have in their brand where they are highlighting authenticity without dirty laundry or anything else. And I think there is a lot of value, absolute value in that kind of self-branding because, you know, everybody has that BS detector. They know whether you're going to be schmoozing them or actually really sincerely caring about what you're sharing with them in the best way. And that's that's what's really great about Pat Flynn, isn't it? That's what he was so good, good at. And he was probably some of the first person who did that, where he was very clear. He was like, okay, I had this job. I studied for this thing. And I passed, but then I got laid off and I, what was I going to do? I have a family to take care of and I put up my online business and I'm going to show you exactly what I did in detail. I'm going to show you exactly what I did to get there in a very transparent way. And to me, that's what solidified his brand was his transparency and his authenticity over a long period of time. And well, if he and screwed up, he would tell you. But it all fed into the original founding narrative or the, the right. truth of who the he narrative. is. Because, because uh, again, I'm a, I guess I call him a student of Pat Flynn. I mean, when I heard mm -hmm. his, I don't know, episode number 54, I went back to all the way to episode one because it was so good. I wanted to listen forward. And here's one of the cool things about podcasting. Every time you do a podcast, you drop a little hint about who you are, what's important to you, little stories Absolutely. about this, that. You might mention a spouse or a dog or something like that. Yeah, you want to say, like, I have dogs and I like this sport and this is great. Yeah. Exactly. And like Pat Flynn, when you're telling his story, I'm going, that's right. That's right. 
He was studying for the architecture lead certification exam. That's right. And he had to aggregate all these loose pieces of digital content in order to study for it. And he thought to himself, this could be a digital Smart product. <laughs> I know that story. You know that story. Anyone who listens to his podcast knows that story because he is completely transparent about that and things like being laid off and the difficulties and, and all this stuff. That builds credibility because, again, we're talking about earlier about the um, guru wannabes where everything's just magical, you know. I've got five ways for you to make six figures in two days. Yeah, <laughs> right. These guys yeah. are absolutely snake oil. But when someone like Pat Flynn and yourself talk about your challenges, what you're doing is you're building credibility, not because you're an expert in some ivory tower. Mm -hmm. You're an expert who is in the ditch, who had to dig themselves out of it. That's and right turn around and go, wow, I never want to do that again, but I found some That's valuable right. stuff that I would like to share with other people. And the funny thing is I was talking to another guest on my podcast about this who had very severe money problem. Guess what she does now? She does financial coaching of for course. women, primarily women of color, because they are, mm -hmm. what is it? 80% of African-American women are the breadwinners of their household. And wow. most of them, and wow. most of them don't, have any financial background whatsoever. Wow, that's incredible. It is. But she can talk to those people. Yeah, because she can she because she's been there, done person. that. Yeah. That's yeah, right. Exactly. And so the light bulb that went off for me when I talked to her was that, oh, I always thought credibility had to be some advanced certification or an MBA or a CPA. Oh, yeah. Or, a lot of people think it's that. I'll no, tell it's you, the, if you have a good school of hard knocks story, there is nothing better than that. Especially because everybody's had those hard knocks. And mm -hmm. if anything, you have way more credibility if you can tell me how bad it was for you. Because I'll how go, oh, then you totally understand how ashamed I feel. Because mm -hmm. if all of a sudden I, I'm no longer feeling ashamed because I know that you were there too, then you can help me out of the big first obstacle, which is accepting and acknowledging that I'm in a bad place and I need help. This episode of the Nonfiction Brand Podcast is brought to you by my new book, Nonfiction Brand. Discover, craft, and communicate the completely true, completely you brand you already are, now available on Amazon.com. Jay Baer, best-selling author of Talk Triggers, said, The book is outstanding. Highly recommended. A spectacularly useful guide to personal branding that pulls off the difficult trick of being both realistic and inspirational. A must-read, regardless of where you are in your own brand-building journey. To get your copy, head on over to Amazon.com and search Nonfiction Brand. And let's get you all the credit you deserve for the completely true, completely you brand you already are. That's so important. That it, to me, it's like, that's the heart of entrepreneurship right there. The reason you tell people what you tell them is because you don't want them to experience or go through the hardship you went through. So you give that tip or you give that tool or you say, do it this way. This is part of the mentorship that you can give after you've you know, gone through the fire and built what you wanted to build. And I wanna be really clear with everybody. 
the biggest part of your personal brand is you loving and enjoying the thing that you wanted to do. So for instance, we just talked about La Vagabond, which is a, a YouTube couple who, who sail around the world. They circumnavigate on a boat and their lifestyle is that. Now in that lifestyle that they live, that's the thing that I really chose. I wanted to continue working because I don't see work as painful. I see work as contribution now. Now, if I work for somebody else and I'm, you know, a paycheck slave, that would be painful. But when you're creating things that you want to create, living the way you want to live, contributing the way you want to contribute and getting remunerated for that, that's a completely different lifestyle. And when you get to the point where you're at that place, you have the opportunity to share with others how you got there. So for instance, I live in the Colorado mountains. Why? Because I love to I love, and I do like sailboats a lot. I've owned two, but I, I love mountain biking. I love it. And I love hiking and I love living where I don't have to mow the lawns. And I love a certain lifestyle that I have. I'm, I love the outdoor piece of it, but I also love to listen to the quiet and I don't want to hear the ambulances roar or the roar of traffic during rush hour. I don't want to be in traffic and rush hour. But whatever your slice of pie is, I know that people tell you that you need to have a Lamborghini and a McMansion and maybe a private airplane or one that has your initials on the back of the plane, or maybe you need to do all these things to you know, support success. And I remember in my younger years, I did that. I bought into that and real estate was big back then, real estate investing. And what I found out was I don't really like managing properties or real estate, and I don't want to deal with that. I had to sell it all and get rid of it. You want to find your definition of what happiness is, your definition of what contribution is. And you would be surprised as little as 250000 a year to 400000 a year, and some people even less than that, like 100000 a year and less, they have all the happiness and monetary means they need to give them the successful lifestyle they want. A lot of people have the $100,000 to $200,000 lifestyle because they want to do more with their family. They're like, I want to take my kids to Orlando and see Disney World. I want to go on those great vacations with my kids. I want to be home with my kids. Or you want to raise them instead of working your butt off for somebody else to pay them to raise your kids. There is a point where your lifestyle has to be chosen by you. And it's not going to look like all the other things out there. It's going to look like how you design it. Part of the first seed you want to plant in your forest or garden of thriveability and personal brand is what you personally want to experience, what you personally want to do, what you personally love who you personally love before you die. That's what you want to figure out and plant that. A that's happening. Oh my gosh. As you can see, I love talking with Vicky because of exactly this. I like to call it, I've got a couple of concepts when I talk to people, I like to ask them a couple of very simple questions that are incredibly hard to answer. One, what is your yardstick? Meaning mm -hmm, how do you measure great. your life? What's important to you? What's truly important? And we talk about that, blah, blah, blah. The other one is the bumper sticker that 
Frequent listeners to this podcast will have heard me say a hundred times, know who you are so you can be it. A lot of people are trying to be something without doing the first part, which is knowing who they are. You mentioned accepting who they are. Yeah, exactly. You know who you are, but you won't accept who you are and you won't accept what you like because it doesn't fit into the norm. Well, you can see that Vicky and I have a lot to talk about and we're going to do a lot more talking about this next week. But for now, I want to say, Vicky, do you have a social media channel that you prefer to engage with people on or how can people get engaged with you? There's always VickiHelm.com, but it's spelled V-I-C-K-I-E, VickiHelm.com. You can find me there. And you are also, you can find me on Facebook right there at VickiHelm.com. There's also the Success Secrets for Business, Family, and Life channel or the Innerversity channel on Facebook as well. And also, I'd love for people to know your podcast, Mini Empire, if people wanted to hear more from you with guests that are that you carefully curate, where can they find that podcast and what is the name of it? Well, it's the Coffee Break Show. And if you go to VickiHelm.com, there is a link to the Coffee Break Show. If you're in Facebook or you're in YouTube or you're in iHeartRadio, if you're in Amazon TV, wherever you are, just put in the Coffee Break Show with Vicki Helm and I will pop up. There would be, I will pop up. Even if you just go into Google and type the coffee break show with Vicki Helm, I'll pop up. <laughs> well, there you go. And the whole thing is I kind of teased the fact she's got an empire here. That's, that's growing leaps and bounds. There's a community there. So if you want to join that community, get involved with it. The first step kind of into the uh, ocean of goodness. That is Vicki Helm. <laughs> you can find at Vicki Helm.com. That's Vicki V I C A I E. H-E-L-M.com. Go check out everything about her there and definitely check out her Coffee Break show podcast too. It's available at all the local usual suspects, right? Everywhere, yeah. It's a, yeah, it's everywhere. Just type it in anywhere, it'll pop up. All right. Well, that's it for this week on the Nonfiction Brand Podcast. I'd love for you to like, subscribe, refer this podcast to others, but most of all, can you do me a solid and review it? It really does help other people find it. I'm DP Knuton, your friendly host, and she is Vicki Helm. And we'll be talking at you again next week. Bye bye. Mm-hmm.